God, we celebrate you today. Amen? Amen? We're praying for direction. Right? We're seeking God for direction, direction for our life, and direction for the house. And in and, and Ezra, he said, he said, we proclaimed a fast, and, uh, and we sought God uh, that he would show us the right way for us, the right way for our kids, the right way for our substance. How many know that there's a right way for your life? No matter where you're at, God's got the right way. Right? Whether you're way up high and everything's just hammering out great, well, but still there's a right way for you to live that life. And, and you might be in the middle of just a hellacious situation. God's got the right way out of that mess for you. Amen? There's a right way for you. There's a right way for your kids. There's a right way for your substance. That, that which God brings into your life, there's a right way to use it. Hello? You know, because a lot of us, we've experienced a lot. We've done it the wrong way. We didn't use it. We, we lose it. God's got a right way for you. But if you're going to seek direction, hopefully you're prepared for movement. Right? Doesn't do any good to get direction if you're not going to step into it. Right? And, and a lot of people have sought direction for years and years and years, but yet, yet they dig their heels in and they ain't going, they're, they're not going anywhere different. They ain't making any different thoughts. They're, they're not going to, you know, they're, they're not going to shift. Well, direction doesn't do you any good. You know, there, there's just a really simple test. You can, you can experience, you know, do an experiment in the parking lot today before you leave if you want. You can walk out there, and if you can find your car, uh, walk around your car and, and check out that bad automobile that you got, that God has blessed you with. Man, that just, this is just, it's just sick. Just, man, that's my car. Amen. You know, I hope you love your car. Boy, some of you guys look like, I wish I did. It's a, you know, I hope you love your car, and you walk around and look at it, and it just screams your name. You know, it's just got you all over it, and, 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 and you know, check out the rims, and, and, and if they're nasty, get some new ones, and, 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 you know, and make sure the rubber's good, and just, I mean, just love on your car for a minute, and look at what God's blessed you with, and then, and just thank him that he's, he's blessed you in this life with a, with a fantastic automobile, amen, and then, and then get in it and slide into those leather seats. Start it up first. You know, get the seats hot. That's what Shelby does. She asked me, get the car out of the garage, start it up, and get her seat hot. Amen. Get, get, get the leather toasty warm. And, 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 and sit there in, with it running. And, and if, you get, if you got a car like Keith, rev it up. You know, and just, just let it sing. Let it sing. And, and, and continue to just thank God. Man, this thing has got incredible lines. I love the paint. I love the, the exterior. I love the rims. I'm getting in here. I like the leather. I like the stereo. It is awesome. And then just start turning the steering wheel. Turn to the left, turn to the right. If you have your way home memorized, you can actually sit there and you go, okay, we go up here. We're going to go left and go straight. And we're going to go for a while. And you got to bend in the road. And you sit there and just mess with your steering wheel all you want. And it's not going to do you any good until you get that thing in gear. See, you can't steer a stationary object. God, when you, when you, you know, God, I just thank you for the life. I thank you for the power. I, th- I thank you for all the accessories that you put in my life. I just bless your holy name. How come things aren't changing? Because you're sitting still. And it doesn't do any good to pray for direction if you're not prepared for correction. Correction is not a bad thing. Correction is a good thing because 
before you receive correction, you're living wrong, and after correction, you're living right. Hello, somebody? And if we know anything at all about you, we know you love to be right. So, so, make sure you respond to the prayer. You're asking God for direction. I mean, you know, isn't it weird how, how, how much we enjoy being right? You know, uh, hey, coming up uh, February 7th, uh, be, be, be praying about the grow groups. We're launching a new semester of grow groups February 7th. And, uh, uh, you know, it's 12 or 13 weeks. We do our grow groups in semesters so that there's always an exit strategy. Because uh, I got to tell you something, for a long time, you know, we just didn't do, we just didn't do grow groups and small groups, cell group, home things, whatever you want to call them. Because I just looked at them and thought, dear God, those are horrible. You know, because I'd been in some, and it felt like a life sentence, and I couldn't figure out how to get out. And, you know, I, hey, I love people, but, you know, some people just suck the oxygen right out of the room, and, you know, they're just kind of a bummer to be with. You know who I'm talking about? Just keep looking straight forward. Don't look left or right right now. Just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, but, but be praying about that, you know, because a, a lot of you guys are, are, uh, are praying for direction, and you want strength for your life. If I was to ask you this question, I'm not, I'm not asking it. Don't respond. But if I was to ask the question, how many wish they had more strength? And oh, yeah, I want more strength. And, uh, you know, I want to be like Paul. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with inner strength. I want to be like that. But God, God surrounded you with people, and those people are your strength. Hello? And, and a lot of us, you know, we, we're praying for direction, but yet we, we won't participate in grow groups. We don't have time for that. And, 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 uh, and on that note about just, man, just love to be right, you know, it starts February 7th. The, uh, the semester starts February 7th. And I, I, I had somebody stop me in the hallway last night, and she was so excited because she was going to prove I was wrong and she was right. And she pulled me up to the side, and I mean, and she says, "Hey, I got a question for you." And you could see the fire in her eyes, and she was pumped up, and she was ready to roll, man. And I'm looking at her, going, "Oh God!" Right here in the middle of the foyer, I'm going to pick out an old lady. And and uh, and she pulls me off over to the side of the hall, and she's and she and she her fingers getting warmed up, and she's she's ready to go. And she said, "Do you know what you said tonight?" And I said, "I doubt it." And uh, she said, "You you said that grow groups start on February 7th. And, I, and instantly I went, "I got her." I said, "They do." She goes. February 7th is a Saturday. I said, yeah. Grow groups are on Wednesday. And I said, only if you choose to put them on Wednesday. And she goes, what? And I said, only if you choose to put them on Wednesday. So people have grow groups on Saturdays if they want. Saturday night? I said, that would be kind of weird. So they probably do it Saturday morning. And she went away so defeated, I felt bad for her. I had to go home and pray for her because she, she, you know, she wanted to prove she was right. Look at your neighbor and say, that sounds like you. All right. You, you know, uh, 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 what we're looking for is transformation. We're looking for change. And, and, and a lot of times what we have to do is change the way we think, right? And a, lot, and a lot of us struggle because we think we're right. Our way of seeing things, you know, we, it's just the way that we look at things. It's, it, and, and sometimes God needs to change that. And in order to do that, he's got to take you out of where you've been your whole life and put you in something different, right? And get you, get you surrounded with some new input. Hello? Come on. A lot of us, our, our brain's been on birth control for years. Haven't given birth to a new thought in forever. And, and it's, time to, it's time to let God work in us to change us. 
right? And, and, and in the Bible, you know, there's, there's tremendous stories. Can I just tell you, though, that, that this coming year and the direction that God's going to give you, uh, uh, just get ready. I mean, be praying during this fast. Be praying. Don't, don't just starve yourself. Pray. And, and, and let me tell you why. Because God answers prayer. Amen. I got to be honest with you. I don't pray because the Bible says to. I wish I was that good. I wish I just did whatever the book says. I just jump on it and get her done. And that's not always the case. I know what you're thinking. Well, we know. Yeah. You know, I, I wish I was that mature that I just did everything the Bible said. I, don't, I do not pray because the Bible says to pray. I mean, I tried that. It was horrible. Just praying. You know, be, be, well, it was whining. I called it prayer. And it sucked because God never answered any of my prayers. The people I was praying that he'd take them out, they're still here. And, the, you know, the, you know and, and all of that stuff I was praying for, it, none of it happened. And then, then, I, then, but then we got a revelation, and we, 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 we came to the place where we understood that effective prayer is taking God's word into God's presence and getting into agreement with God on that word. And all of a sudden, when we started praying that way, man, I'm telling you, stuff started changing. And, and uh, you, you know, and what, what really broke it, uh, you know, open wide for us is when, when the kids were reaching, reaching a certain age. You know, you, you might have just a, 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 the perfect little princess. She's three years old, sits in a, you know, high chair at the table with her arms folded, tells you what to do. But in a few years, in a few years, you will be a person of prayer, right? Because one of the things that having kids did for us is it taught us how to pray. And because there were moments that I was praying stupid prayers, you know, and, and, and wasn't getting anywhere. And then I started going in the presence of God with all my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. God, today we're just standing on that word. And all of a sudden stuff started breaking and happening and freedom started, started applying it to different areas of our life. And we started seeing God respond. And I'm going to tell you, that's why I pray because God answers. And so, you know, you're going to be praying for direction and God's going to give it. And, and, and you're, you're going to have to be ready to move into it, to press into it. To, uh, uh, and can I tell you where he's going to take you? He's, he's going to take you into problems you couldn't possibly solve. It's just like God. I'm telling you, you know, we, we think that being a Christ follower just means we, we get a, a neat T-shirt and, and uh, you know, and a membership in a social club. No, I, I'm telling you, when you start walking with God, it, life gets it's a crazy adventure, but th- there's risk involved. You know, for if you're a nervous Nelly, you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have some growth spurts here coming up, because God's God's gonna take you to some places. He's gonna stretch you. Look, look at this in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, the Lord said to Abram, Abram been praying for direction, and and, and I, I got to tell you something. If you go back and read the uh, the previous chapters, they're kind of at a dead end, and uh, and God shows up and starts talking to Abram, and He says, "Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house." And, and go to a place I'm going to show you. So he's going to take him out of his current environment so he can get into a place where he can teach him and train him and grow him. And look at verse 2. And it says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. My gosh, somebody. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and you're going to be a blessing. Look at verse 3. He said, I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who curses you, and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God said, come on, I'm going to take you into a future, and I'm going to, I'm going to unveil it as you go. 
and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, give you in, incredible promises regarding the, the future. You're going to have a great name. You're going to have protection, and you're going to be a blessing. Not only are you going to be blessed, but everybody that ever comes in contact with you, the whole earth, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed by you. Listen, as you're praying for direction, God's not only going to work in your life, but he's going to work in your life in such a way that empowers you to bless others. This thing's bigger than you are. So you, you just got to prepare yourself to, to believe. Look at verse 4. This is awesome. Verse 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. I mean, that's wild. It's, it's not enough that, he, that God just shows up and starts speaking. Here's the amazing part. Abraham departed. Abram packed up and said, let's go. Man, this is, this is a level of insane obedience. I want to separate you from everything you know. I'm in. I want you to take your family and just, just take Sarai, your wife, load up, and let's get moving. We're going we're gonna to go into an amazing future. And he, he does it. Most of us just, you know, God will start speaking, and we're waiting. You know, we want the angels to do the river dance out in the driveway before we're sure it's God. You know, I, doesn't that just kind of tell you, though, that maybe your relationship with the Father needs to be deepened just a little bit? When, you're, when God's speaking to you, but you don't know if it's God or the devil? That was really good right there. Well, it could be the devil. If he's telling you to, to press out and believe for great things so that you can be a blessing, that's not the devil. Hold up. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, praise God. Check out what Paul wrote about him in Romans chapter 4, starting at verse 20. He, he said, uh, uh, he's speaking of Abraham. He said, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. 21, it says that uh, being fully convinced that what God had promised, God was also able to perform. 22, and, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. 23 says, uh, now it was not written for his sake alone. It wasn't just about him. Look at, look at 24. He said, but also for us. Everybody say, friends, this is about us. Amen. You're blessed because of the blessing of Abraham. And it shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, and 25, and who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised up because of our justification. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. This is crazy. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you have been justified by faith, and you have peace with God. you got to get your heart and mind wrapped around this reality right away. God's not mad at you. Okay? Every time something bad happens, that's not God beating you up. Okay? He's, not gonna, he's, not, he's not teaching you something with cancer. That's a, that's a silly thing. And, and you know, you got to realize you're at peace with God. God is on your side. Look, look, look at verse 20 again, 420. He, he said that he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Man, what, what a great, wouldn't that be cool to have that said about you? That, that, man, they received a promise, and they didn't waver through unbelief, but they were strengthened in their faith. They were strong in faith, and, and, and they gave glory to God. I, I, I wish I was like Abraham. I didn't waver. Through unbelief. You know, 
I wish I could tell you that last year in, in, in January when God, you know, I, I was praying out there and, and said, God, give us a patio like that. And he said, don't ask me for the patio, silly. Ask me for the building. And we started praying for the building. We, you know, with, within an hour or so, we were in here walking around. And, and man, we, we all got fired up. And Al and I and Todd and, and Keith and different ones. And we started believing God for the building. And I wish I could tell you that from that time to this time, that there was not one moment in my life where I wavered in faith. I wish I could say he did not waver in faith. But he was strengthened in the faith, and, 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 and uh, he gave glory to God. I wish I could tell you that I never wavered through unbelief. Dude, that just ain't true. Man, about, you know, about, you know, I, I tell the story, you know, 45 minutes later, we're walking around in here. Let me tell you about four hours later when we said, hey, let's go for that. And I'm going, dear Lord, what have we done? And, and, and days when the phone would ring and the impossibilities would show up and, and people would come with, I mean, it's just a fact. The city's doing it. Well, and it's a good thing that, that Al or I or Todd or I never got together on the same day with the same bad attitude because we would not be sitting where we're sitting right now. There were times that it was just like, dear Lord, that, this, this isn't God. You know, I just don't see it. And I wish I could say he wavered not through unbelief. But I got to be honest with you, I was all over the place. Well, we need, you know, man, I, I want to, I bet if Abraham was sitting down with Paul, he would have said, hold, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You wrote, you, you wrote a headline. He wavered not through unbelief. See, you, you, you're looking at the glory, but you don't know the story. And see, a lot of times we, we look at other people and we see them in their glory, but we don't know jack about their story. We don't know what they went through. We just see where they got to. And, 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 and we get a little bit jealous. I wish I was like that. Have you ever rented one of those fights? You know, uh, and it's a match, and these two guys are going to come out, and, I mean, this is going to be a great fight, and it's, it's a pay-per-view, and you've got to pay for it a lot. I mean, it's, it's not like seven bucks, right? It's, it's 60 bucks. To, to, to watch a fight. And so you, you, you come up with the cash and you invite all your friends over and you plan this party and they show up and the fight starts and one minute and 27 seconds later it's over. Don't you feel ripped off just a little bit? I mean, that's like $45 a minute. You know, and, uh, and you're thinking, that's too easy. I bet if, I bet if you had a conversation with, with the fighter and you told him, dude, that's too easy. He would stop you and say, wait a minute, you don't understand the lifestyle of dedication that's taken the, the, the months and months of discipline and training that when you were at Dairy Queen, I was running down the side of the road getting ready for it. I got positioned to win this. You don't understand what I went through to get there. I, I, I bet he'd say, don't, don't you ever say that was easy again or I'll do to you what I did to him. <laughs> huh? You know, because uh, 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 I, I, I bet Abraham would have said, man, you, you make it look easy, but let, let, let me tell you the story, okay? You, you're all excited about the glory. Let me tell you about the story. Have you ever looked at the life of Abram, who's got a handful of promises, but yet he's got some real-life situations to deal with? How do you deal with real life with a handful of promises without letting go? Because there are moments when you just can't see it. You know, you, you heard what he said, but you can't see what he said. Right. And, and so how, how, how do you make the same thing 
this thing happen. And, and, and you know, a- Abram, Abram, you know, we think of him like as, well, he's the father of our faith. And he's, he's the, you know, he, he's the big dog on, on, on the wheel, man. And he's, this, this cat's awesome. But you know, you know what he did when he started out? I mean, the first thing he did, God said, I want you to separate yourself from your family. So what did he do? He took his brother-in-law with him. Dude, you ain't got to be a genius. Sorry, Darren, but you ain't got to be a genius to understand. You probably ought not to take your brother-in-law. If God said separate yourself from your family, and you, you know, and if you know anything about the story, you know that later on that kind of became a little bit of an issue. And, and, and uh, uh, but 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 he's but he's launching out and he and he and he heads to to Canaan land. He's getting into the promised land. You know, in Genesis twelve seven, check it out. He said, uh, "The Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I'm going to give this land.' And and, uh, and and he built an altar there. I mean, just think what's going through his mind, man. This is stinking awesome. We're in the land. God's speaking to us. He's going to give us the land. This is going to be terrific. We are on our way to major breakthrough. This is awesome. And then drop down and read verse." 10, and it says, and there was a famine in the land, and, and Abram goes, what? I got a promise. I got a word from God. So I get to where God's taken me, and as we enter into the land, he, he brought me to a land that's not even livable. I don't know about you, but there have been moments in my life when following Christ has seemed almost unlivable. And then I read, you know, Romans 4.20. He wavered not through unbelief. And I think, what a loser I am. Because, uh, you know, uh, uh, but, but Abram's in this spot. And, and, and I got to tell you what he does is he, he says, you know what? This sucks. We're going to Egypt. God brought us here, but I'm going to take care of us. Because obviously, this ain't going to work. And he packs them up and he takes them into Egypt. And on his way into Egypt, he looks at his hot mama wife, which I can totally relate to. And, and, and he says, Sarai, we got a little bit of an issue here. Because as we go into this land, if they see you, they're going to kill me. Unless you tell them you're my sister. Then we can, we can make it out of here alive. Well, I can. You're going to be stuck here the rest of your life. He wavered not through unbelief. Sounds like he's wavering a little bit to me. I mean, I'm just saying, it just to me, it, uh, you know, because when, when you read that, Abraham, he wavered not through unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God. Not here he's not. You know, I, I, I mean, I get it. He left everything to risk following God and looking for a new future, and God leads him right into the midst of a famine and and it ain't, it ain't doing very good. And, 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 I mean, if you look at verses 11 through 13 in Genesis 12, we'll just put it up there. It, it, he said it came to pass when he was close to entering Jesus, uh, Egypt. He, he, this, is, this is where, you know, on his report card, this is where he gets his first F. Fear shows up. How many of you know that when you start obeying God, fear has a tendency to come? And verse 12, uh, you know, uh, he said, it's going to happen when the Egyptians see you. They're going to say, that's his wife, and they're going to kill me. Look at 13. But please say you're my sister. Please. And so Abram does what every good father of the faith would do. He lies. He wavered not through unbelief. He lying. 
You know, he, he's got fear showing up. He's all messed up. He, and, and you want to know what's crazy is he's willing to sacrifice Sarai to protect his emotions. Sounds just like a man, don't it? it happened last night, too. We get a couple of ladies that respond. Men just sit there. Uh, you, you know, he did not see the importance of Sarai and the role that she played in fulfilling the promise that God had given him. And I just got to tell you something, that as God's talking to you, listen to me, man, as God's talking to you about your future, you need to understand your wife plays a role. He had, he had eliminated her from the promise because he was a coward. How many times have we done that? And we've eliminated others from the promise because we ain't got a backbone to face the storm. He wavered not through unbelief. He got an F. He got an F. He's, he's willing to lie. He's, he, he, he's, he's willing to do whatever he can to save his bacon. He had forgotten that God said, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. He forgot who was with him. And really, he, he gets his second F right here because, because now he's got a failure on, on his hands. You know, this is, that's not... It, that's not good. God shows up and says, I'm going to take you into the land, and I'm going to give you this place, and, I, and, and the whole earth's going to be blessed by you, and you think that's if I live for the next 30 minutes. No, if God's talking to you about your future, let me tell you one thing you know you got, a future. So, you know, and you, you, you just got to press into this thing, and you, you, you got to realize that God brought him out of a dead-end situation, and he's not leading him into another one. He's going to cause transformation to occur, but, but Abram needs God's participation in order for the transformation to take place. You know, he, it's like he could believe the promise, but at times he couldn't even believe God. You know, and he struggled. Why? Because of his way of understanding, his way of seeing things. He looked at his wife and he thought, there's no future there. Look at her. She's old. He was older. Hello, somebody. And he ended up failing as he entered this new world. He's supposed to be the bearer of a promise, but he brought a curse instead. You know, I wonder how many times we as people of the promise that we walk around spreading curses instead. Yeah, and, and man, I got to tell you something. Every once in a while, I'll flip up on, you know, uh, Facebook and read posts and think, dear God, those are believers talking. Let, let me be just pastoral for a minute. If it's not praiseworthy, if it's not just, not pure, not lovely, how come you putting it out there for people to think about it? Sounds like you're partnering with the devil. Well, I'm going to take my Facebook and leave. Good. We need your seat. Look at, look at verse 18 in chapter 12. I mean, the king comes and says, what have you done to me? What have, what have you done to me? Man, you could have just told us the truth. Just pack up, take, take your wife back, get out of town. And so he, he packs up, and he says, you know what? We, we got to get out of here. Look at Genesis 15, 1. God shows up. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. Why is he saying that to him? Because this, this guy's a scaredy cat. He's a coward. And God shows up, and he says, stop it. Don't be afraid. I'm your shield. You should know this. You know, there are certain things God shouldn't have to remind you about like every day. 
and, and, and we're, we're nuts because in the middle of fasting and prayer, we'll pray about stupid stuff. We'll, we'll pray about whether or not we should obey God. You don't have to pray about that. You just obey. You don't pray about it. You obey about it, right? Well, we're just really praying on whether or not we should tithe or not. Read the book. <laughs> he, and, and, and look at verse, look at verse 2, verse, verse 2. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And, and he shows his impatience. You gave me a promise, and it, sh- it should happen. It should happen right now. It should happen right now. Look at verse 3. Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring. Somebody else is born in my house. Not even one of my kids is an heir. Verse 4, God says to him, he says, uh, 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 this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body. Your own body. Look at verse 5. He's got, and he brought him outside and he said, look now toward heaven and count the stars and see if you... One, two, three. You know, and God's getting him to, to change his perspective and to realize that, hey, I gave you the promise. I gave you the promise. Look at chapter 16, verse 1. 16, verse 1. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. And, and you know the story. Hagar comes up, you know, and, oh, my God, she, you know, she's, she's like, hey, I figured out a way we can make the promise work. I have a maidservant. You, you can lie with her. And, and Abram's like, okay. You know, you're going to take one for the team, right? And, and all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, he, he's just, again, he's trying to make the promise of God happen on his terms. He's still, even though God's taking him outside, changed his perspective, he's still trying to see things the way he sees things. And, and verse 5 is hilarious, especially in the Message Bible. Check this out. Then Sarai told Abraham, it's all your fault I'm suffering this abuse. Isn't that just like a woman? I mean, isn't that just like a woman where she says, here's the idea, let's do it, and then she don't like the outcome, and it's your fault. <laughs> and, and Abram, you know, his whole, his whole, his whole situation's messed up. By chapter 17, you know, dude, it, we, we got some age going on here. You, you know what? He, now he's got, a, he's, he's got his, he's really, he's got three Fs, right? Because he's, he's had fear, he's had failures, and now... Facts are stacking up against him. Dude, this dude's getting old. And he's looking at his wife, and he can't, he can't see the future there. And, and, and God keeps showing up, reminding him of stuff. Look at chapter 17, verse 4. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. God talking to him. My covenant's with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. Verse 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram. I'm going to change the way your wife calls you to dinner. I've made you the father of many nations. Look at six. He, he, he said, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you. Kings shall come from you. Look at verse seven. Man, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. It's an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Look at verse eight. Also, I'll give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you're a stranger, all the land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. God's just laying it out, man, over and over and over again. And, and, and he's, he's just clearing stuff up. But there's just something that's just constantly eating at Abraham. He's got fears. 
I mean, you and I, we, we grapple with those fears, don't we? What, what, what do you mean you're going to give me the land? How are you going to do it? God, quite often, you know, there, this is the, over a quarter of a century that this guy's having to deal with it. You know, maybe it could have happened quicker if he would have not wavered through unbelief. This dude's wavering all over the place. Okay, and, and, and his fears are, 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 are out of control, and, and he's got failures because every time he turns around, he does it wrong. I don't know about you, but, but when, I, when, when I'm pressing through storms and situations, the enemies, he's not reminding me of the promises of God. He's reminding me of the times I've failed, and, and the weight of that gets pretty stinking heavy, and then on top of your fears and your failures, there are some real-life facts. Abram, you're old. You're wrinkly, you're crusty, you're rusty, not sure everything works. You know, God shows up another time and says, man, this is going to happen. What does Abram do? He falls on the ground laughing and it's not the laugh of faith. He's like, for crying out loud, would you just leave me alone with this promise because I just am not getting it. And, and, and I struggle with this stuff because I'm looking at the Bible, Romans 4.20, where it says, and he wavered not through unbelief, and the Bible's true and cannot lie. But when I'm reading the Bible, I see that this dude is wavering everywhere. He, he wavered not through unbelief, but he was strengthened in the faith. And I get that part because, you know, when you go to the gym to build up your muscle, you have to tear your muscle down and let it recuperate and, and refresh. And then all of a sudden you're able to handle weight that you couldn't handle before because you have been strengthened in that area of your life. So I, I get it that as he's going through this process that God's using what the enemy intended to take him out. God's using it to take him up. And he's being strengthened in his faith. And he's given glory to God. But what about this? He wavered not. That can't be true. But then we got to look at chapter 5, Romans verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. See, he reached a point in his journey where his faith justified him. And it was just as if he never feared. It was just as if he never feared failed. It was just as if the facts had never been stacked against him. And you and I, in this journey, as we launch into this new year, you know, there's a place in the story where some people standing outside the tent said to Sarai, this time next year, you're going to be burping a baby. She's inside the tent laughing her guts out. This time next year, this time next year, let me, just, let me prophesy to you. This time next year, maybe, maybe what we ought to do while we're fasting and praying is start praying some big prayers and not insult God with help me make it through the day. Maybe what we ought to do is say, you know what, I'm just so sick and tired of living in debt. Maybe God, I just thank you that by this time next year, I'm going to be so close to debt-free that I, I'm not going to be worried about my stuff. I'm going to be planning on how to be a blessing to others. Maybe instead of dealing with this broken down rented house, maybe you ought to start believing God that you're going to own your own place. By this time next year, I'm going to own my own house. By this time next year, I'm going to be running my own business. By this time next year, I'm going to be healthy. By this time next year, my mind is going to be working right. I'm going to be sharper and stronger than I've ever been before. And don't you, don't you let the weight of your fear 
and the weight of your failure and the weight of the facts take you out. See, because the, the key is, the key is, is that Abraham learned something on this journey. And I bet if he was sitting with Paul, he'd be saying, he'd be saying, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, uh, you, you see my glory, but you don't know the story. Let, let me tell you what actually got me through there. It was given the glory to God. See, the glory, that sounds like he stood out in the middle of the desert singing slow songs. No, no, the, the, the word glory is weight. And so when life started coming up against him and fears and, and the weight of that fear, he learned how to take that weight and give it to God. How, 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 do, how, do, how do I fight that fear? Well, see, I'm getting strengthened in my faith. And the times that I've even failed because of my fear have reminded me through conversation with God, he is my shield. So God, I'm going to celebrate the fact that you're my shield. And as he put that way, I mean, just kind of picture the scales, you know, because the, the, the enemy comes up and he, and he starts putting stuff on you and he, and he just keeps reminding you of your fears, but you have to just look over here and say, yeah, but you know what? God, see, God, you're, you are my shield, and you are my, you're my support, and you are my strength. And you've and you, you got to put more weight on that side so that it, it turns the scale. And when the weight of your failures comes on you, you, you know, and, and man, I wish I hadn't lied. I wish I hadn't done those things. But, but you know what, God, you said that you are for me and not against me. And if God is on my side, it doesn't make any difference who's against me. And you've got to give the weight to God. And as you give the weight to God, as you give the glory to God, God, I'm telling you, your faith begins to become stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, your faith begins to justify you. And it's just as if you never failed. And it's just as if you never feared. And it's just as if you never gave the facts a second thought. So don't let the enemy paralyze you where you are at right now. But let God mobilize you. As you pray for direction, prepare for some movement. I'm afraid. Everybody is. As I pray about next year and what God has for us as a body, dude, I hope at the end of the year I can say he wavered not through unbelief. But I tell you one thing I know for certain is that at the end of the year we'll be justified by faith. And we will have demonstrated Satan's defeat yet one more time. Amen. Come on, give, give God a praise this morning. Just thank him for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I, I, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. We're going to pray a prayer. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you're in here and, and, and maybe.